Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. It was an incredible gift to give. We may have some, some bad rapport with, with our dad, and it just doesn't feel right. You guys may have, may have experienced that yourselves or maybe see that picture you know, reeling through your head. So the only way to really know that it's a good gift is know that it's coming from a good father. So we talked about how our father opens up his arms and adopts us as his children. And then we talked about how he gives us, extends us this gift that cannot be taken away, this gift of grace that's only found through Jesus Christ. And the table is open and the seat is open for us to sit. And then tonight we're going to talk about how the gospel reverses our view of salvation. We're adopted and we're accepted and then we're assured of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ for eternity. Not just today, but forever. Let's pray. Father, open us up. Open our eyes that we may see. Open our ears that we may hear. Father, open our hearts that we may feel. And then, oh God, open our hands that we may move. Amen. When I was a kid, I I grew up in a a family that uh, my dad... I shared this a little bit last week. My mom and dad went to church every once in a while, and, and I wasn't accustomed to going to church on a regular basis. I didn't want to be a part of um, something that I thought was very legalistic, something I thought that was, um, on the other hand, a pie in the sky, like too hard to believe, um, very fluffy. This didn't make sense to me to be a part of something that wasn't real or tangible, wasn't legit. You know, you guys hear the term hypocrite, and you know, we see that all the time. It's like, okay, you say you're a Christian, but you don't live that life. And so I didn't want to be like that, but I found myself like that, right? Found myself play acting and, and knowing the Christian role or Christian part, and knowing what to say and what to do, and how to measure up according to my parents' standards. It's really easy to, to have that mentality in the world that we live in. You know, our, our American society doesn't, doesn't help, right? Because we're all based off a grade or looks or popularity, success, you know, things that are measurable, things that are tangible, things that we can uh, accomplish, achieve, we can get better in. Everybody, everybody with me on this? Is it just me on this stage? Can I get a little nod at least? And so it's do better, try harder, act in this way and you will achieve success or you'll achieve something better than what you were before. And so I soon translated that into my faith. It's really easy to do. And I'm sure we've all been there. Okay, well, if, if that's the way that my parents want me to act, if that's the way that my church wants me to act, if that's the way my coach wants me to act, if that's what I need to, to get the starting role, to do the right things, then I guess that's how Jesus wants me to act. So I'm going to be a good little boy, and I'm going to do the right things. I'm going to have this moral compass, this code that I'm going to follow. Uh, but... 
as you guys know, it's really hard to do. It's really hard to, to walk that straight line to be perfect. Um, the reality is I wasn't perfect, I'm not perfect. And so I struggle with that because then you soon fall into this, well, you're a hypocrite. So this achiever mode wasn't successful for me. And then I fell into, okay, well, I'm, I'm saved by grace, right? We talked about that last week. We're accepted at the table, grace and truth. So on the one hand, we have this, I'm going to achieve, I'm going to earn my status. I'm an earner, right? I'm earning the status that Jesus wants me to go. On the other hand, once I can't achieve this perfection, on the other hand, it's, well, I'm going to be a runner. I'm running away from all the things that I said I wasn't going to do that I am soon finding myself doing. Both of these extremes are, are deadly. In both of these extremes, we find ourselves wavering back and forth with, especially when it comes to our salvation. The ticket to heaven. What do I need to do in order to be right with God and right with others? What do I need to accomplish? So on the one hand, we have, I'm just going to do all the right things, but we find ourselves not being able to do the right things. On the other hand, we, I don't know if you're like me, I mess up and instead of running to God, I run away from him. And so I'm earning my status, I'm earning salvation on this hand, and on this hand, I'm, I'm running away from it because I can't achieve it. I'm not perfect. And so when I screw up, that's it. Where are you today? Are you running on the one hand, or are you trying to earn on the other let me ask you this. If you're over here in this camp, what are you running from? Are you running from, are you running from God? Are you running from your parents? Are you running from the church? Are you running from others? On this hand, I'm going to ask you this. What are you trying to earn? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? What is it that you're trying to achieve? I'd like for those questions to just resonate with you, to maybe just put in your back pocket. We're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1. You guys can follow with me on the screens. 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There he is. Blessed be the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I want to read that again, okay? According to his great mercy, so we talked about this last week, we're accepted to the table. Jesus' mercy is great. We deserve death. But he shows us his mercy. He shows us his grace. This says he has caused us to be born again. What does that mean to be born again? What does that mean to be alive anew? Nicodemus asked that in John, right? Can somebody be born again? Can somebody actually enter into his mom's womb and, and give birth again? That doesn't make sense. 
So let's read a little bit further and see if Peter answers our question. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Okay, so we're, we're, we're born again, not of human flesh, but to a living what? Oh gosh, let's try that again. Okay, we're not born to a human flesh, but we're born to a living hope. There we go, you're as with me. Okay, man. So through, through what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Okay, that's, that's good news. We're born again to a living hope. Something that is not dormant or dead, but something that is alive today, now, present, in this moment. And something that we didn't achieve, but something that Jesus achieved on the cross. We didn't do this, right? Jesus did this. Rose from the dead. It goes on to say in verse 4. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Kept in heaven for you. I've told you guys this before, but I've put a lot of stock in a few things in my life. Girls, guys are with me? Put a lot of stock in girls, put a lot of stock in sports, put a lot of stock in popularity. Put a lot of stock in girls, put a lot of stock in sports, put a lot of stock in popularity. All those things, what Peter is saying, all those things are perishable. All those things are going to die. You know, and I thought, I thought to myself, you know, as I was preparing for this, like, I wish I could go back and, and just be the 18, the 16, 18-year-old Adam and just observe him. Or maybe just be a fly on the wall and just observe my actions. What I said, what I did, all the, all the things that I did and said revolved around those three things. All of my hope was placed on those three things. You guys with me on this? And there's so much pressure to be popular, so much pressure to be better in whatever you do, whether it's sports or academics or you know, any extracurricular activity that you participate in or video games, or whatever it is that you put your uh, entertainment value in or your attention to, we want to be the best. And we put our hope into that. The worst is girls. You can't put your hope in girls. Amen? You can't. You'll lose that battle every single time. And for girls, I mean, I I know this to be true. You put your hope and stock in a boy, and we're idiots. I'll tell you that right now. You could say amen to that. Okay, there you go. I got one over here. We're, We're not smart in the head. I'm just telling you. But there's something that, there's something here in verse four. I love this. That this hope is an inheritance that is, is imperishable. It's not going to fade. It's undefiled. It's perfect. It's unfading. And it's kept in heaven for you. You know, this, this imagery of heaven is, is interesting because it's not, it's not this place that's uh, like 10,000 feet 
or 10,000 miles above the known universe. Like heaven's not here, up. We often do that. But heaven, when heaven is described in the New Testament, heaven is where the presence of the living God is. And so our hope is secure in the presence of the living God. That's not going to go anywhere. Let's go on. Who by God's power are being guarded, there you go, through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been greed for, vi- for various trials. I love this, how Peter just throws this in in verse six. In this you rejoice. The fact that Jesus conquered death, extended us grace, gives us the hope that we have, not just in this life, but for all of eternity, something that is kept in heaven for you, is guarded by God's power. That, guys, are you not, this not blow your mind? This is incredible, which means that I don't have to earn it. It's already been done. And I don't have to run away when I do something that's terrible, where I feel like I, I'm, I'm sick to my stomach and I can't face tomorrow. Whatever it is that you're sitting on, whatever it is that you've done, you can't lose it. It's kept for you in heaven. That's something to rejoice about. And Peter says, rejoice. And then what does he say? He says, uh, he says, rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. This is not, again, what I talked about with this pie in the sky mentality. And we, you guys see him all the time. It's, it's this, you know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing, a, I'm having a blessed day. My grandma just died, but it's, everything's great. You know, it's just this fake facade that people put on because they want to say that, you know what, I have all my trust and hope in Jesus, so I'm going to just fake it till I make it. That's not reality. And if that's you, that you got to get a wake-up call because that's not reality. And Peter's saying, you know what, this life is hard. And we've all experienced that before, right? When we put our hope and our trust in anything on this earth, anything, absolutely anything, it can be taken from us in an instant. And there's grieving there, and there's sorrow there, and there's mourning there. But guess what? There's hope, not in us, but in Jesus. That's something to rejoice about. He goes on, so that the tested genuineness of our faith, more precious than gold that perishes through, though um, it is tested by fire, fire is re- is refines gold, makes it brighter, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There was a girl in Tampa, uh, Florida, when I was a youth pastor there that asked me, how, how, do, I, how do I know I'm saved? How do I, how do I know that like, this thing actually works? And she was talking about all of her friends, you know, some believe in Buddha, some believe in, 
And, um, you know, Hindu, some believe in uh, the Muslim faith. You know, how do I know that Christianity is right? You know, what, why, why wouldn't I keep an open mind to, to all these things? She's really wrestling with the fact that she didn't know if her faith was real. How many, how many of you guys have been there? Yeah. I don't know. Did, did the water stick? Did I, did I, when I got baptized, was that, was that the, you know, did I know then that I was saved? But, but I've really screwed up. And then I went to move and then, and then, and then now, like, I just don't know how to, to go forward. I, I think I need to, I think I need to be rebaptized. Or I think I just wasn't saved before and now I need to be saved and I just don't know what to do. It was that first year after move that just, God just wrecked her. It was her first time out of Tampa, out of the city. And she was just rolling through a lot of things in her life. She talked about her dad being in and out of prison, her mom being strung out on drugs, and her having to take care of her younger siblings. And she just felt like she was just, she was either earning or she was running. And she didn't feel secure in who she was in Christ. So I sat down with her and I said, what about Jesus do you know to be absolutely 100% true? Without a doubt. She said, I know that Jesus loves me. And what do you know about that love that gives you the hope for tomorrow? And she said, I'll be with him for eternity. That's the hope that we have in Christ. There's no more earning. There's no more running. But it's through Jesus Christ, his love and sacrifice that gives us the hope worth living. The writer of Hebrews uh, describes it this way. He says that Jesus is an anchor. And we ha- he says in, in Hebrews 6, 19 through 20, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Our anchor is established not in things, not in tangible things that we, our success or popularity or girls or sports or anything on this earth, but our hope is found solely in Jesus Christ as an anchor. We've been having this theme of, of a home, of, of family. Once you're in Christ, you're instantly in the family. And we walk through the front door because the door is always open. We talked about who you're with is who you become. And so we talked about how we want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection, sharing his sufferings. We want to sit down with a good, good father. We want to eat at the table with Jesus be accepted 
And if you ever go into a house, you'll see different pictures or paintings on the wall. You'll see things that you know, people really hold dear to. Some are photos that they want to remember their family. Some are um, paintings that they enjoy that bring them to a place where they can reflect on something greater. This is a painting of an anchor. And it, it's a great painting. The painting describes for us the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. The constant reminder that we need day in and day out when the world is throwing all kinds of stuff at us. When we try to put our hope in something that's not going to be sufficient, something that's not going to last. We need this reminder a reminder of a hope that we have, a reminder that our hope is anchored with Jesus in heaven, and we can rejoice in that. The fact that Jesus loves us exactly where we are and compels us to be in a right relationship with him. I'm gonna ask you to do something for, uh, for me today, and, and we don't usually do this here. But I'm gonna ask you if, if you're at a place right now where, man, I haven't put my trust or my hope in Jesus. I've been trying to earn it or I've been trying to run away from it. And I've known who Jesus is for a long time, but I haven't put my trust and hope in him. If that's you, I'm gonna ask you to, to, as we go through the next three songs and worship to Christ, I'm gonna ask you to, to make that decision to say something today, to talk to your connection group leader tonight. And it could be a matter of just asking for prayer or it could be a matter of, hey, you know what? I need to put my hope in Christ. Father, you are good, and we just come to you tonight, and we just praise you for the fact that we are, we're accepted by you, we're loved by you, we're adopted into the family, and we have assurance, not in ourselves and not, not in anything that we do, but what you've already done. Jesus, make that so abundantly clear to us tonight. May we put our trust and our hope in you. May we rejoice in that truth. Thank you for listening. 
to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.